Hello, and welcome to the Grace Redeemed Podcast, the show that brings you a variation of topics to help support and equip you in your daily Christian life. I am your host, Lauren, but you can call me Lo. Today, I am joined by a lovely, lovely sister in Christ um, and wonderful guest. Amber, I think I'm going to like butcher your last name. Can you say it for me? It's Jekovich. Jekovich. Oh, no. I could have said that. Yeah, I could have said that. <laughs> I'm joined with lovely Amber Jekovich. I had the privilege of meeting Amber on Instagram. I don't think it's even been a year yet, but I've been so encouraged by her post and um, just all the Lord has done for her. So I knew I wanted to have her on the show. And I'm so thankful you have just been so willing and so kind to even join me. So welcome, right. Amber. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, I don't even want to like play around with it. Like, let's jump right into it. Like, who are okay. you? Share your testimony, all of that. All right. Well, you, if you're driving, you might want to buckle up. Get the double. <laughs> oh, no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I love it. Drive up. <laughs> Just drive up. Um, but no, I'll make it easy to follow. So I grew up in a quote unquote Christian home. We were more of the family that went to church on Easter, Christmas. The biblical traditions weren't followed in my household. It was like, yeah, we believe in Jesus, but we don't biblically follow him. So that was the background I had growing up. I went to youth group a lot in my middle school years. And at 15 years old, I even went on like a mission missions trip with my church. And for some reason, after that experience, it was a great time. I just, I don't something clicked where I was like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Um, and I left, I was like, eh, I'm going to do my stuff. I'm going to do things the way I want to do it. Like the world's way, I guess. You'd say. You, you may have said it, but how old were you about that time? I was 15. 15. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was because I saw a lot of like hypocrisy within the church, you know, I mean a whole bunch of 15 year olds who knows if they're really saved or not. Right. So that's right. why judge Christianity based on people. I mean, there should be fruit bearing there, but it's really about Jesus and not people. Um, and so I left the church. I was like, I'm going to do my life the world's way. And, um, didn't really think about God. I mean, if you were to ask me if I was a Christian, I would probably say yes, but I'd be like, but I'm not like into church thing. Mm. And then, you know, I, I had this deep yearning for the supernatural and the spiritual world still. Um, and so at age t- 22 of Jan- like January of 2017, when I was 22 years old, um, I experienced like this breakup with a boy and somebody told me that I could manifest him back. And I was confused, manifesting, like using the law of attraction to attract him back into my life. And I was like, really confused by that. I was like, I don't understand. And this person keeping the name confidential um, told me that you really told me about like the law of attraction, tarot card readings and how you can use your crystals to manifest things. And this person also looked at me and said, God is within you. So you can like do anything that he can do. Essentially you are God. And I took that and I ran with it and I got really, really deep into studying, um, how to manifest because I wanted 
this boyfriend back in my life. Um, praise the Lord and his sovereignty that that never happened. Uh, <laughs> and so oh, my I word. involved in the law of attraction and it, it went from manifesting this boy back to, oh, I can manifest money um, to wanting to manifest money to my best life. And it went from that to um, getting crystals to match with my energy to help tell the universe that I want to manifest more and using that vibration of the crystal um, to getting into tarot card readings because I wanted guidance from spirits to tell me the future and energy healing called Reiki because I thought I could heal myself and in the law of attraction, manifestation, we're told if we're not manifesting something, it's because there's unresolved issues that's blocking you. So mm. healing is a really big part of this as well. If you're able to heal, then you're able to get rid of that block. Mm. And, able to manifest more. Mm. and so I was like, well, Reiki is this energy healing. And so I got Reiki attuned to be an energy Reiki healer. Um, and it went from all of that to, and being surrounded on the Instagram world with people who also believe the same thing and validating my beliefs. Um, and it, it took one person to, the Lord saved one person out of the new age on my Instagram, who I was Instagram friends with, weird technology world we live in. Yes. Um, just like you and I, but. Yes. It's a blessing. <laughs> it's been a blessing. Yes, it has. It has been. I mean, yes. I got saved Instagram post. Um, right. <laughs> the Lord one. So this this girl was posting how I mean, I was friends with her via Instagram. She was posting about how uh, she had this radical experience with Jesus. And this was in um, January of 2020. So I was 24. So I was only in the new age for about four years, um, like deep into it. And she was saying how she had this radical experience with Jesus and how the law of attraction is demonic, um, energy oh. healing is demonic, like going hard on how it's demonic. And I was like appalled. I was like, demonic? No, there's no such thing as demonic. Like, there's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing as that. Like, we're all um, perfect light beings who are sinless. Like, what are you talking about? Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So this, that triggered my flesh and it spiraled me into asking questions. And, um, eventually probably uh, four months later in April of 2020, surrendering to the Lord and asking him to show me the truth. And he did, and it was a slow sanctification process out of the new age, but I knew that he was the way, the truth and the life. And I love what you said. Like it was a slow trans sanctification process. Sanctification's lifelong as we know, but um, outside of leaving the new age. Now tell me, was it a slow transition into it? Like, or did you go like full throttle? Like I'm going to get tarot cards and get crystals right away. Or just like one thing after another kind of. I would say it was a slow transition um, into the new age as well. I was really into the law of attraction and energy healing. Mm. And when I took my, oh, and then I also did my yoga teacher training 
Um, and within that is when I actually got more into the tarot cards because every day um, in our yoga teacher training, it was every Saturday for about nine months because it's like 200 hours um, of learning. And we would draw a card, every tarot card to kind of see where we're at for the day with the yoga training. I don't know. Um, and that's when I was like, Oh, tarot cards. Okay. Um, and then I just, I did a few readings and I saw truth in them and I saw like things happen after the readings that the reading said would happen. And so then I got interested in that. And wow. Wow. So that's incredible. Like how a a former new agey person, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, was friends with you and then they get saved and then you get saved. And then like, that's just amazing. So we think, we thank God for Instagram, right? Because there's some good on social media. So, so describe like the new age movement. I mean, you already kind of shared it a bit, but like the impact that it has on young adults and old adults, this deception that's associated with it. And like, what do you think like draws people to it? Cause even hearing you mention like the law of attraction, like I told you before I was into the secret, like heavy and mm-hmm. I wasn't a Christian and I was professing, but I wasn't a true believer, but I saw the attraction behind that. Like I saw that sort of like, yeah, okay. So if I think it's like almost like the word of faith, the prosperity gospel, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's, it's catchy. It's, it's, it's glamorous. It's like, Oh, really? My words have power. Okay. I'm not saying we're going to, we should speak down to ourselves. I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean? Yes, of course. So when, when I first saw, like when I first got saved and I saw new age, I would, I didn't know what new age was when I was in it. Age is just an umbrella term to say someone who's spiritual. So a new ager can be anyone from, um, believing in the universe to like being in witchcraft. It's kind of this umbrella term of anything spiritual you can think of, you know, yoga, manifestation, tarot cards, Chris, like not saying that crystals are inherently wrong, but using the crystals in a spiritual term, um, burning sage to cleanse your energy type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Age is more just this umbrella term to define spirituality. I love that. It's actually interesting because the law of attraction, when I was in these things, I didn't I didn't look up the legitimacy of them. I just thought that they were truth because I had experiences with them. And Um, I always was told too, that whether you believe in the law of attraction or not, it's a universal law, just working. And so I never, um, but obviously as I got saved and I was like, well, what is this that I was in the law of attraction? Actually, I have like notes I'm looking at because I don't want to like, yeah, go for it. The law of attraction, the term actually came in 1906 by some guy named William. I didn't get his last name, but apparently it's based on the new thought movement and that's part of the occult. And so pretty much the new age too is anything of the occult as well. And then I went a step deeper and like I Googled like what's the occult and the occult is learning hidden knowledge which is interesting because in Genesis, like two and three is when 
Satan deceives Adam and Eve and yep. he's like, you can be like God. You can pretty much have this hidden knowledge that God's not giving you. And so the occult is literally the oldest lie in the playbook. Oldest. Um, oldest, very oldest. And so how this affects um, young, I would say children, it's very, it's all over Disney. I mean. I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say every movie is terrible and all this stuff, but I remember when I was younger watching shows, Lord, I can't remember them now, but just thinking like, oh, I can make potions and like do spells kind of like Harry Potter. I was very into Harry Potter and like that type of stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, be crazy legalistic here, but as a as a child, I would see that in my imagination when would run wild and kind of be like, Oh, these seems seem, these things seem so cool. Right, um, right. And then as older, I feel if you don't have the biblical knowledge or even if you do, and you're just kind of getting older and want to explore a little bit, um, spirituality and the law of like law of attraction and new age come off as very like light, like love and light. And like you said, what's wrong with thinking good thoughts mm-hmm. to get thing. Um, and so it's very attractive. It's very shiny. It's like this hidden thing that we want to learn about to untap, to be like these magical people. Yes. Um, and so I think that's what really draws, draws people in young and old alike, because Someone might just get bored of their everyday life and just maybe be like, oh, I I can make a lot of money if I start thinking differently. And with the law of attraction, I'm focusing in more on this. This is how it got started for me. And I think I think it's can get started like, you know, the um, prosperity gospel. It's it's the same thing. But with the law of attraction, it's very selfish and it's all about you and your flesh. Like you want more money. Oh, I love that Amber. Yeah. And, and it's like, my will be done when God says thy will be, his will be done. So the reason why it's wrong is because it's selfish and it's focused on your flesh and the Lord says to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow Mm me. And Mm -hmm. so it's Lord. If you are a Christian thinking like, well, what's wrong with, you know, like, or what's the difference even than praying to God, asking him for maybe a little bit better financial situation is it's not the fact that it's wrong. It's just that we need to constantly be surrendering ourselves to the Lord's will and not our own will. And with the law of attraction. Amen. Like, like, you can just leave now. You can go ahead and go. We're done wrap this up <laughs> amen yeah. oh i and love I, that i believe that bible verse is matthew 16 24 where it says you must deny yourself um and then also too in james 4 2 um let me flip up into it real quick i had to written down to save them all um it says you desire this is like of why the new age is attractive to people. And it's because it promises you this hidden stuff, Mm -hmm. but this is what the Lord has to say. And 
he knows our hearts and he, he cares for us, for his children. So in James 4, 2, it says, you desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you, you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. Mm-hmm. You do not have, because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you are asking with wrong motives, but the with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. And yeah. So oh, I love that verse. Me too. It's so all, true. All of the stuff that spirituality new age offers you is the selfish, the selfish pleasures of your flesh. Mm-hmm. Lord wants you to come to him for him. Mm-hmm. And we'll, and the rest will follow whatever it might be. Whatever it may be, whatever's in his will. And then I think about that too, like even with the law of attraction, like people being able to like speak things into existence. Like we, I, that's also reminds me like of my old church, like declaring and decreeing, like we don't declare and decree anything. Like the Lord can speak things into existence, let there be light. And then there was, right. We don't have that power. So I think that's so good, Amber. It's just amazing. So I guess the one thing that even when we did our, our live, people were so curious about, and I got so much feedback Mm -hmm. from our interaction. They're like, we need more. What about yoga? Like, yeah. Tell me your, tell me your, I guess your experience or at least your thoughts about that. Okay. So I actually took some more notes on yoga. Nice. Um, I will leave some Bible verses too. And I just kind of paraphrased what they meant. So whoever's listening, always check what I say, make sure to line up. Amen. Go back there. But I actually took these notes from Stephen Bancart. Mm. Big into the new age and got saved. And his stuff on YouTube is really good. Um, And so the question is, more so if you are a Christian, you should not be practicing yoga. And then if you are practicing yoga, I mean, realistically, you shouldn't be there because you need to be with the Lord. <laughs> um, but you don't know. But as as a Christian, you should definitely not be practicing yoga. And the reason why is the word yoga, and you could look this up on Hindu University of America.com. Um, these this is stuff from like Gaia TV and like hin- like yoga websites are talking about this and this should oh, be a red. Wow. And, um, but the word yoga means to equally yoke or to union your conscious with the universal consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. it, or, um, yoga in and of itself is not like Hindu, but it is based from the Hinduist beliefs and their gods. So you can't, this is literally from the Hindu University of America. You can look it up. It says that you cannot separate spirituality from yoga. So you may say, oh, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I could pray and still do these things. But what's that one Bible verse that it's like, you know, you could do everything, but is everything beneficial for you? Exactly. Uh, and when we position ourselves in these, they're called asanas. Um, when we position ourselves in these certain asanas, we're actually mimicking the Hindu gods. And I'm not trying to say the names because I'll butcher them. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so of course you can stretch, you know, it's. Right, right. 
our body. We should honor it. You know, we should, we should work out and stretch and go for walks and enjoy the temple that God gave us and use our temple to honor him. Be good stewards of it. Yep. Yes. And so, you know, if you are, uh, I mean, these are, I guess you would say yoga terms, but so maybe people would know what I'm talking about. If you were to do like a forward fold, which is where you essentially just bend over and stretch your back like that, uh, that isn't spiritual. That's, that's not bad. If you're, um, if you're just stretching, like think of common stretches, that's okay. Uh-huh. But it's the specific asanas, like the warrior sequence and, uh-huh. and, and the dancers pose. Uh-huh. Um, that are actually mimicking those Hindu gods. And in the, I believe, yeah. So in Romans 6, 13, and then Romans 12, 1, it's talking about our body parts and our members and how it's yes. God. Yeah. Love Romans. So, yeah. And so if you're positioning yourself in this warrior sequence mm-hmm. that is, supposed to reenact and mimic a Hindu God, then how can you honor God in your body if you're mimicking a Hindu God? Enough said. There it is. Like, how can you? Yep. And even straight, there's like the spiritual website. It's called like Gaia, Gia, Gaia. Um, the warrior sequence is actually acting out um, this Hindu God who is murdering someone and like the warrior three sequence i have this right now i'm going to try to say a name but the warrior three sequence is where your arms are extended out and you're on one leg and it says um that it's it's the moment when varamada beheaded the king dahasha and extended forward to place his head on a stake and so those movements were meant to mimic what Hindu gods are doing. And in Romans and probably other Bible, it tells us that our gods are a temple of the Holy Spirit and everything that we're doing with our body should be mimicking and for the glory of him. Yes, of course. And that's how Christians probably can get caught up. And then of course, you're not going to go to a yoga class and they're going to say, okay, right now we're going to do the the same movement that that's why it's important to know this stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, the research, the research that you've done with this is incredible. Like that's amazing. I, I had no idea. Yeah. And these are all straight from, these aren't from like super conspiracy Christians. Don't ever do yoga. This is straight from yoga sites and spiritual sites themselves saying what it is. You're not hiding it. No. And as a Christian, if you see that and still think it's okay, then I think you need to read the word more. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. how can you, how, that's not aligned with God's word at all. Like, explicitly against it that's some good research you just provided me there with because I had no idea well even when I took my yoga teacher training they were like oh this isn't like a religion you could do it with other religions like it's fine it's just like movement and if you want it to be spiritual it can but it doesn't have to be but a, a person who studies yoga from India literally says that you cannot separate spirituality from yoga and so but yet these westernized, not to, you know, sound degrading. I know what you mean. These westernized idea, like this Americanized way of, oh, it's everything's fine. It's no worries. You'll be fine. It's like, no, it's, and westernized yoga is really watered down compared to t- traditional. Like if you were to go to India and do yoga, um, but 
it's still something I would, I would never, I'm, I'm an ex yoga teacher. Like I would never step foot into a yoga class again. Praise God for you, Amber. He's, I mean, and, and I love the fact that you were involved in all of that and you're so vocal about, I mean, I think I just saw your post the other day about things that you were showing with your sister, like acknowledging that and like, you know, Lord, I just, I praise God for you. (laughs) I would not be here if it wasn't for him. For him. All the glory goes to him. All of it. Um, So some people are a little intimidated, like when they're talking to people who who are in the new age, because I heard people say, they're going to put a spell on me, like craziness, (laughs) which I mean, hey, okay. So there are what sort of precautions, if any, would we take when we're sharing the gospel with those who are involved in the new age? Is there, the gospel's enough, right? Like we know we don't need to tweak it or modify it to 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 make it seem more glamorous to anyone but i know that sometimes the way we present it may look different than it does when we talk to somebody from a different culture so how is there any precautions that need to be taken when talking to someone about the gospel um yeah so when it comes to someone who is into reality uh new age type believing a, I think it's important to remember, always pray first, obviously, and ask the Lord to guide your tongue and what to say and allow the Holy Spirit just to take over in that moment. Um, but it's important to that when we talk to these people, we have to remember they were sinners just like we were. They were lost just like we were. They They truly don't know. And most of the time, they really just think what they're doing is good. They mm-hmm. think... It's like some people may be heavily involved with the other side of witchcraft, which I want. I wasn't. I was more so like white magic, I guess you would say, like um, mm. light or white. I think it's light, white. I don't know. Oh no, there's like black magic and like light. yes. So <laughs> you like said like, are you the good witch like in the Wizard of Oz? And there's the bad witch. So like, I'm on the good witch side. I'm the good witch, right? right. Um, <laughs> none is good, but <laughs> none, right? love it most of these most interactions that we have these people just need to hear the word and they've probably never thought about it or they did come from a spiritual or like a christian background and maybe something happened and it turned them that way and so there is that barrier there but really just sharing the gospel with love Yeah. Okay. Just knowing that yeah. exactly. And then like what you're even saying, just sharing it, praying before we share it, then sharing it. Cause literally we don't even, we don't take responsibility for the conversion of hearts, right? We share no. the gospel. We plant the seed, the Lord does the rest. So yeah. I think that so that question that I asked you was because that was some of the questions that I had people ask when it comes to that after our um, live. And I'm like, I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to think that we're going to be responsible from start to finish. If this person's going to, if the, that they're one of the God's elect. And I just, so I love yeah. your response. Phenomenal. Yeah. And we can't save anybody. Only he does. Only he does. And then if you are in contact with someone who maybe is into a little bit more of the darker type magic stuff, um, just pray for protection over yourself mm-hmm. and for them too, because they may unknowingly, not mm-hmm. like for thought when I was communicating with spirits that they were good, that they were like mm-hmm. an- angels, but 
good angels, but I now know all demons and God tells us to test the spirit. Oh my word. Wow. You're right. And then my last question for you is, so is there any particular way, I guess it kind of goes with the question I just asked. Is there any particular way that believers can reach those that are involved in the new age movement? Like, is there a certain area where there's a large congregation where like, Hey, this is where we need to go, where we need to go witness. Or is there, is there any extras that we can do as Christians to try to impact that group of non-believers? Yeah. And I, and I want to make sure I say this, it's not because I'm saying that those involved in the new age are more depraved, more wicked than, you know, the Mormons that are our neighbors who are so friendly and sweet, who don't yeah. know the gospel. But I'm just wondering if, since it seems like it's such a high percentage of people just dropping into that every day when I look up, I'm like, what do you mean? Like you're spiritual now? Like what, what are you talking about? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? You're what is, what is, only one truth. <laughs> the, the universe is looking out for you. Big ups to the universe. What? You mean God? What? Yeah. Yeah. So because so everybody's well, doing it now. I'm like, okay. So, uh, the creator of the universe, <laughs> um, usually, for the some the first thing that came to my head is depending on your workspace, sometimes you could just start having conversations with people you work with. And I would want to say eight times out of ten, they're either they're either a new ager, they're agnostic, or they're an atheist. Mm-hmm. And just start asking questions, putting their shoes to annoy them with the questions that you're asking, not like being mm-hmm. annoyed, but mm-hmm. being like hey, what do you mean by like um, the universe? Mm-hmm. Just putting those pebbles in their shoes so they have to start thinking about what they're, what they're saying and what they're believing. Usually people haven't thought about what they're believing or why they believe it. They it's just that. experience. Um, and oh, good. with those questions, because obviously we've discussed this before the Bible's sufficient, you know, you can use Bible verses, the Lord's word helped me come out of deception, but I did have a Christian background. Some, but to some people just saying a Bible verse to them, is not gonna, it may like make them think a little bit, but it's not gonna get them as like, Oh yeah. She's like talking about this book, like a book that one man wrote when in reality, one man didn't write this book that's turn to God, but there's 40 different authors, right? Um, and so when you ask them questions, you start putting the burden of truth on them. They have to explain why they believe what they believe. And it's more, um, they, they then start to question themselves. And then that's when you can sprinkle in the truth of the truth of God. Um, I love what you just said, Amber, because you're so right. That is so true. The fact that when you hear something, and it's the same thing we've done when my husband and I have done when we encounter Mormons, mm-hmm. you hear something that's said and you're like, you question it. And I know I, I like to play the whole, I'm so confused, lost. Like, I don't know. So what do you mean? Like with the Mormons, I'm like, so tell me. So Joseph Smith is who? Like explain that. And I had that happen with me once, even with a new ager and they were talking about vibes. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And like asking for that, but then to elaborate and then talking a little bit about, like, I think she said she's the first sage and her, and then her exact response to me, she's like, you know what? I just know that 
it's supposed to keep the bad things away. So I do it. She could not even articulate truly anything behind that further than that. And I was like, Oh, there's my opening. Like you got my back. Let me in. I got this. Let me talk to her. You know what I mean? Cause I was just like, most people don't know why they believe what they believe. There's actually a really great book by George Cluco called tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, is how to like talk about Jesus to people, but in a very intellectual way. And he's like, mm-hmm. the two great questions to ask people is what do you mean? What do you mean by that? And can you explain further? I love because it. I'm, they can't They're like, I love it. That's so true. Uh, This is true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that, Amber. Thank you so much. Like, just thank you so much for even just being willing to come on and just being so vocal about it. Like, I just love that you're just so bold about it. Like, and then you'll post like, I used to be this new ager, blah, 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 blah. And this is what Jesus did. I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, it's all Jesus. All glory to him. Yes. I'm just so proud to use you. Yes. I'm just so proud. Do you have anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to share? Um, let's see. I would say go on Google and Google, like, I forgot the website, but it's like ask the Bible or something. And it pulls up a lot of Bible verses to explain something. And so I went in there and put like tarot cards and then I hit search and then a bunch of Bible verses came up and like Deuteronomy and Leviticus um, oh, yeah. of how like witchcraft and doing omens and speaking to mediums is not of the Lord. And mm-hmm. I think you, some people be like, Oh, this isn't even in the Bible or I don't remember this being in the Bible going in the word and finding you know, where it says to not do those things. Mm-hmm. I think I love that. Thank you. That's so it's maybe it's like another like dot questions or something just for Bible verses. I don't think I've heard of that. I don't think I've heard of that one. Um, oh, I'm, if, if I do this, can you still see me? I, I can't, but it's okay. Okay. It's, it's worth it. Bible verses. Yeah. Tarot. And then I'll link it on our ep- on this episode. I'll link okay, it. Okay, yeah. It's called um, openbible.info. Openbible.info. Um, and then there's like a search bar and you can type in, you can even type in like. Uh, oh, I geez. see it. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of stuff will come up with maybe things that Jesus said or references to him. Um, okay. And I think good tool when maybe in those situations where if someone is really open like oh where does it actually say in the bible (laughs) you know and if you can't think off the top of your head it's a nice tool to like type it in there and then things will pop up and you go actually actually yes (laughs) i love it perfect no thank you so much for that helpful tip though i'm gonna definitely link this in the um comment section once this um, episode drops i think that'll be helpful for people yes yeah Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for spending like two weeks with me now, like back to back. I'm just so grateful. I'll do it every week. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy. I'm like, I know that but like after our first live, people were at, I'm like, oh, they're really interested in this. Like, I've got to have her on again. Like, seriously. So I'll know I'm going to be asking you again. Like, hey, Amber, can you talk to us about this today? Yeah, we could do like apologetics on. <laughs> yes. All right. Break it down. 
I'm just so thankful. Yeah, like praise God for you. So thanks again. I am so grateful you joined us. Um, If anyone has any questions after hearing this episode, I'm going to link your your profile name in the comments as well. And I'll link, obviously, um, the link to this podcast and just ask away anything you have. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yes. Likewise, my friend. I'll see you later. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Grace Redeemed Podcast. Make sure to visit my Instagram page at Grace Redeemed Podcast and YouTube channel at The Grace Redeemed Podcast, where you can subscribe to the show. You can also find episodes of this podcast on many listening platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, and if you found value or encouragement in this show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, we would appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Grace Redeemed podcast as we dive into another episode through a biblical lens.